Uh, Google Pixel 4, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I've been using it. Well, it's right here. You see that? That's a Google Pixel 4, ladies and gentlemen. I'm taking photos. Taking photos, Will. I'm out there in the world. I'm snapping away. Mm. You didn't know I was up to that. No. Uh, we have some uh, new information. It has popped up now on DXO Mark. These are the guys. They're always ranking all these numbers. They're trying to turn photo performance into a number. Well, they got their number now for the Pixel 4. A lot of people, they were waiting for it. A lot of people, they were sitting there twiddling as you would, mm-hmm. waiting for the Pixel 4 camera review, which then comes along with the DxO Mark score. Uh, 112 is what it scored. It puts it in the top 10. It doesn't put it... There's a lot of phones ahead of it as far as the DxO Mark is concerned. Mate 30 Pro, Galaxy Note, latest one, P30 Pro, S10 Plus, OnePlus 7 Pro, Honor 20 Pro, and Galaxy S10. That's a lot of phones above the Pixel 4. It makes you kind of wonder, okay, what's going on over here? Hmm. Now, it's important to note, probably the, the meme of the Pixel 4 has been this, the fact that there's no wide angle right. camera on there. And I, I, I'm a proponent of the wide angle camera. I've talked about it. Proponent. Yeah, proponent. Which is, uh, you're an opponent. I'm the proponent. Okay. You're always trying to bring, bring it down. I'm trying to take it up. Right. You see, when it comes to wide angle cameras, yes. you're you're using a Pixel uh, three, yeah. And you were sharing some fall photos the other day. They were crispy. You were having a day. You were out. Oh yeah. It was so great. what did you see out there when you were out there in the world, Will? Uh, fall colors. Wow. Open field. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Doesn't get any better. Really nice autumn weather. People they try to complicate it, Will. They don't just take it for what it is. They don't go nice. out there. They don't. They don't smell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got it. You get out there. You gotta. You get out there. You smell. You well, see. Things things start to make sense. Mm. It, it, you're a human being. You have these. These are these things are available to you. I mean, maybe there's some of you can't smell, but mm-hmm. most of us, you have these things. These senses are available to you. You go out, you use them, you might be surprised what you find. <laughs> yeah. You might see the code. Yeah, exactly. In the matrix when you're out there. Anyhow, Will's in the Slack, because we're a startup. So he's in the Slack, and he's posting these photos from the Pixel 3. And that, that phone is old now in technology terms. It's not, uh, you, you, you understand what I'm saying, guys. It's, all the phones show up here. That phone is old by those standards. And his photos, I, I these are photos. Yeah, I mean, they were compressed by Slack, but, you know, looking at them on the phone is, uh, yeah, it's it's still high it's still quality. There. still there. Super crisp. So, anyway, uh, Pixel 4, you would expect an improvement over the Pixel 3, uh, but you start, to, you start to look into the DxO situation, you realize how comprehensive their testing methods are it's not, it doesn't line up exactly how you'd expect. And some of this stuff, for example, how is it weighted? If you're lacking the wide angle, you got to knock some points off. They talked recently, if you recall, we talked recently. They talked recently, then we talked. They talked, we talked. Uh, about how they were exploring 
the the wide score, expanding the camera protocol to the wide score, uh, that came out on September 18th. So that's got to have that's got to be a component now. But we don't see exactly in full detail the waiting, waiting, not, you know, waiting like weight, like kilograms mm-hmm. or pounds, mm-hmm. the waiting of the points. We don't see that. So it's hard to know how the whole thing lines up. Nonetheless, it's, it's, a, it's a 112 score. It's in the top 10. Somehow it does better in video. The selfie score puts it at a 92. Plenty of devices higher than that as well in the selfie department. And you start to wonder about DxO Mark in general. Because I'll tell you something, Will. Hmm. I'm just going to say it. Like you, I'm out there in the leaves checking it out, sniffing around. And this camera, my goodness, on the Pixel 4. My goodness. (laughs) It's that good, eh? Well, I was using, yeah, I've been using the iPhone. I was using the iPhone for two weeks or something. Mm. Uh, Pro. I was a pro. I was out there. I was a pro a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I got to see. I mean, I'm just talking. I'm just a guy. But I got to say, I get the pixel back in my hand. You're a new man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm. Google, they're tickling my eyeballs. I didn't sign up for that, but it's what's happening. Mm. Uh... I don't know what else to say. I point this thing, I point it at things. I hit a button, and what comes out of that is, to me, about as impressive as it gets on a smartphone. To me! Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be, you might be looking for different things. Mm-hmm. You have your own tastes. Beautiful. Beautiful. You have your own tastes. Beautiful. But to me, to these ones, I snap a photo on this Pixel 4. Woo, we're talking. Right now we're talking, but anyhow, I'm. It sounds like I'm saying that the score is bad at 112. It's not bad. It's just there's a lot that are ahead of it. Keep in mind, every single phone on this list, except for the Mate 30 Pro, I've used Galaxy Note, P30 Pro, S10 Plus, S10, OnePlus 7 Pro. Pretty much everything here I've used, shot photos on, lived life. So I just I'm speaking through that. Right. Just keep that in mind. I use all this stuff, but my taste is going to be my taste, so you have to take it for what it's worth. But pick one of these up. Just point it. You yeah. did it. Yeah. Also, to note that all of these phone cameras are good. Like, they're all really, really good. Well done. <laughs> you know? Well done. <laughs> I mean, you can nitpick, and there's nuances, but, I mean, every every photo will be a pretty good photo. Will he do? At least these top 10 phones. So Will he do? Just saying. It's the perfect thing to say. Yeah. I should have said it. You said it. That's, I mean, yeah. you said it so yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. We are nitpicking at this so, point. We are totally up. nitpicking. You snap photos with all those, you know. Yeah. We're using, they're smartphones. 2019. Mm-hmm. Couple of guys. Yeah. Snapping photos. Autumn. Leaves are changing. It's a beautiful thing. If you're in a climate where that happens, it's a perspective. Oh, yeah. Perspective. Change. Yeah. It's good. There it is. Fresh. Uh, next up, we have uh, some bad bad news for Samsung. Now, you you wanted me to talk about this, Will. You were all over this when uh, this happened. And, and people on Twitter as well, but you especially. You came running over to me. Remember, you shuffled all the way over. 
<laughs> I shuffled now? Yeah! I thought I waddle. You shuffled, you waddled, you sprinted, you did a little bit of all of it. You wanted to pass me the baton. You came with this story, Samsung admits, fingerprint access flaw on phones. Ooh, it's a hot one. She's a hot one. In the, in the tech realm, people were uh, tweeting me, it's a gate. Where's Lou Gate? Because it's a gate. Make some noise. <laughs> Which yeah. is what people expect. Uh, yeah. You know, in this area, it's... I got a little, you know, I got a little bit quieter in this area. What am I going to do? I'm going to go upstairs. The fingerprint. Right. The sky is falling. I'm not really doing that. As, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm really, I'm really taking a, I'm taking a, I'm zooming out. I'm the zooming out. picture. I'm feel, I'm feeling, I feel appreciation lately. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, right. it's a great feeling. If you, if you, in the daily life, if you can approach the situations with appreciation, from a, from a, a standpoint of appreciation, changes everything. Mm -hmm. Really. The tint, you change the tint mm. on life. Life got a tint to it. Depending where you're starting from. I was telling Kirk the other day, half the arguments you get into, you're just hungry. That's all it was. You just need a, you need a nice little meal and you'll be a different person. Yeah. So that's so, the tint I'm talking about. We're, 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 we're still, we're human beings. Yeah. You're saying a lot of people are hangry. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're on some sort of uh, low carb, <laughs> they're on a keto. <laughs> They're in the keto because it's hot and they're just angry <laughs> because they're like, why am I so angry? I don't know. I can't eat those things. Just, it, bu it builds up on you. Well, it's a lot of rules to life in 2019. Right. People and rules and you got to look a certain way and smell a certain way. Yeah. You just got to appreciate things. But when you come from the standpoint of appreciation, it changes your whole. So when you told me the story, like, should we make a video? And of course, there's a, a knee jerk, which is a run upstairs, gets order 28 screen protectors, start <laughs> tapping away like like the little, what is that one? Well, it taps like this, and Homer Simpson had it tapping the bird that's drinking, and it just keeps the drinking bird. Yeah, the drinking bird. Uh, so there's a temptation to do that because it's gonna get a it's gonna get a lot of views. Right? And and people do need to know this information. It's valid. They should know it. And I, I could get the message out there quickly. But it's hard to do it in such a fashion that isn't the sky is falling. That isn't... It's hard to do it from, from that place of appreciation. See, the, the thing that was grinding me down was this idea. I was running to, into people in public and they were apologizing for certain phones they had because they figured that I hated it or something. We talked about this previously. And I was like... Hey, I'm a tech fan. I'm I'm I I live in in this stuff. I breathe this stuff. I uh I'm committed. I'm connected. My whole progression and roadmap in life, where I ended up, how I start, the whole thing is intimately connected. And at no point did I transition to that position of feeling the way people were perceiving that I felt. And that was coloring the interpretation I wanted to broadcast. Mm -hmm. 
technology is good. It's well, that's difficult. Well, don't don't I mean, we, we can't go down that philosophical thing right now. To that yes. degree, maybe one day we'll get there. And this show, this show continues. Right. We might get there, but we're intimately connected, mm -hmm. and we're gonna leave it at that. We're intimately connected, and so the problem is if you hop on these, whether it's Bend Gate or this gate or the last gate or Beauty Gate. I mean, I'll name all the gates. I was in the gates. Yeah. I was Bill Gates. You can't see the resemblance. But at a certain point, you start to really, well, when you come from the place of appreciation for a lot of this stuff, particularly uh, in Samsung's case, in Samsung's case, or in display fingerprints, or whatever the advancement happens to be, you realize the number of people involved. It doesn't mean you can't be out here working on behalf of the customer. You, you can. You can help people. But it's just, it's a ratio thing, and it's a, and it's a decision thing. It's a choice thing as far as when you decide to dip in there. We're obviously talking about it now, mm -hmm. so I'm not trying to steer clear of it. It's just how do you position it that's one of the things i like about this show down here is you can provide more context about how you're thinking about it hmm. so so hopefully you can change the interpretation so people can understand you better and then therefore not take what you're saying and and just skew it well well to, to their defense what other way to take it when you do a video up there and it's edited and it's quick it's hard to know the whole context of the right. thing. It's like in a bubble. Just by nature of the limitations of that production method. Mm. Over here, we're talking for longer. You can provide the context and therefore be more clear about what you're really trying to trying to say or what you're really thinking. Anyhow, mm -hmm. Samsung has an issue with their ultrasonic fingerprint scanners on many of the recent devices, Note 10, Note 10 Plus, S10, S10 Plus, S10 5G. And they're advising that people go in there and delete all your previous fingerprint data and register new fingerprint data. This all comes following a recent story of a, a woman in the UK who purchased a cheapo screen protector from eBay. And it was one of those soft style screen, screen protectors. A couple of dollars is what it cost. A gel screen protector is what they're calling it. And after applying the screen protector, any fingerprint was capable of unlocking the device. Now, this 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 could, this is a panic mode, right? That's the way that you protect your data on your device. And if anybody could walk around, just carry a pack of screen protectors in their pocket and unlock any Samsung device, that's going to be a problem. From a couple of, uh, of standpoints, if they can unlock the device, now... They can, from a theft perspective, now there's a reason to steal them or a better reason to steal them. There's all kinds of stuff that happens after the fact. It, when Once this word gets out that these are easy to break into with these cheap, with this cheap solution, ultimately, of these screen protectors. Now, we did. We couldn't help ourselves. Privately in the studio, we grabbed a few different cases, screen protectors, different materials, and attempted to unlock our devices in this list. Uh, with ultrasonic scanners. I couldn't make it happen. I couldn't replicate the finding, but apparently it's a certain type of screen protector. Uh, the official word from Samsung, please refrain from applying a silicone screen protector from your device until a software update, which is planned to be released beginning next week. Okay? 
this is bad. And it, it, for me, it's a bringing up, it's a weird question I'm having. Because Samsung is saying, they're admitting it, which, I, which is good. Admit it, get, put the warning out. But the way ultrasonic works sends pulses to the three-dimensional ridges of your fingerprint and then gauges the return of those pulses in order to determine the depth of each ridge within your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. But that's your fingerprint. It's exclusively yours. Why would a $3 gel screen protector, how would it confuse the technology in such a fashion that the technology would believe the actual finger was there? Mm -hmm. It's it's because there's still another finger on the other side. Right. It's it, it's some sort of a bypass. Does it short the thing out completely? Obviously, this is above my my level of understanding here. I couldn't replicate it in the in the findings. It doesn't really matter, I suppose. The the fact is, it, it works. It can happen. They've confirmed it, and they're trying to fix it via software update. So it's out there. The other. The surprising part of this story is that it took this long to come out. You would assume people would be using these cheap screen protectors. This wide variety of devices affected. You would expect that this would have already occurred. But it's coming out now. So it goes to show you that some of this stuff can fly under the radar for a period of time. That What's the takeaway? Uh, are, are ultrasonic fingerprint scanners inferior? Is there some sort of technological drawback? Are they going to, going to be able to completely fix it? Will we see it pop up again in the future? I'm not really certain. I know when we first started hearing about it, when it was being talked about by Samsung, they were saying this is an improvement over the optical-based in-display fingerprint scanners from, from a security standpoint. Mm -hmm. Obviously not the case. As far as we can see right now, that's obviously not the case. So it brings up an inter interesting conversation in general about in-display fingerprint scanner particularly ultrasonic in this case, but maybe in general, this idea of fingerprint, fingerprint biometrics. Uh, the Pixel, not without its very own scandal, with the face unlock and the eyes closed. And people started getting concerned about that. What about my spouse? My spouse is unlocking my phone now. I'm sleeping. I'm taking a nap. And the spouse is unlocking the phone because the eyes are closed. So mm -hmm. there's no perfect method for this, obviously. Uh, Google themselves, they also said they're going to go in there and attempt to fix it. There's no way to spin it. It's not good news. Samsung can't be happy about it. The Samsung owners can't be happy about it. In the meantime, what are they doing? Putting in uh, passcode, old school passcode. That takes time. Mm -hmm. That's not perfect either. So it's always this thing with security, Will, where it's it's like, it's like putting 10 locks on your house. It's going to take you a long time to leave, come and go from your house. Yeah. Every time you put in this extra security fixture, there's the potential that the convenience level goes down right. to meet the new security criteria. So it's this mixed bag. Remember I was playing around with the face unlock on the latest OnePlus device and it was working in the it was working from the portrait in the peripheral, in my peripheral vision. It was unlocking me from here. It was like profile view. And it was so convenient. Mm -hmm. But I immediately I, I say to myself, this is so convenient that I question the security level. Yeah. There are trade trade-offs it's always you know. a mix yeah. so anyhow i had to get it out there i had to talk about it you were right will you got to let people know so if you have one of these devices note 10 note 10 plus s10 s10 plus and s10 5g you should go immediately delete all your previous fingerprints uh 
I'm sure Samsung's releasing something very soon. Yeah. Obviously, but in the meantime, just go back to the regular passcode, I would say. Mm-hmm. Presuming there's no update available at the time that you're watching this, just go back to the passcode for the meantime and uh, and go from there. Because the other thing we determined was that the face unlock on all these devices listed, which was strictly optical, we beat that one in the video that I'm talking about not yeah. making for this. You Using another phone with your face on it. Yeah, we made the video upstairs. So anyhow, yeah. uh, it's never a dull moment in smartphones and technology. It's a beautiful place to be. We're having fun. Uh, lots of phones to choose from. That's the good thing. Netflix may crack down on password sharing, but in a consumer-friendly way. Uh, you share your Netflix password, Will? I do, with my sister. You share? Yeah. You're a sharing guy. And it's great because we have, like, separate accounts within that account like profiles i guess right yeah so it works out it's great yeah uh there is a limit a limit to how many can stream at the same time but there's actually no limit to how many devices can be logged in Mm. and that's where some of the shareholders are wondering if Netflix should do something different because they're sitting there thinking, we're leaving money on the table here. Because they believe, of course, as a shareholder would, that if you crack down all those people that are sharing these logins beyond, let's say, the family plan. The the $17 plan includes a certain number of concurrent users. Do you know which plan you're on? Are you basic, Will? Yes. You're on a $9.99. Yeah. So you probably still get two users, but anyhow. Uh, so shareholders, they wonder because it's 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 obviously a common practice. You guys watching probably share your passwords with other people too. And it's not really the way that their, their different pricing platforms were intended. It's not the idea that you're going to give your password out to a dozen people and everyone chooses to watch their stuff at a different hour so you're not overlapping. Imagine that coordination on the instant uh, <laughs> messaging. Okay, it's my turn. Yeah. But you could get your cost down quite significantly. If you have a, a $15 plan, split it with 15 people, get down to a dollar. Yeah, that's great. You, you guys just got to work out your watching time. Dollar. But if you're a binge watcher, you don't watch it all the time anyway, that might, that might be just fine for you. <laughs> So anyhow, uh, during a recent interview, Netflix's third quarter earnings, their earnings, uh, Guggenheim Securities, Michael Morris asked Netflix CFO Spencer Neumann about the company's approach to password sharing. Specifically, Morris asked how important password sharing is for Netflix to address and how the company might go about doing so without alienating its subscribers. The answer, we continue to monitoring monitor it we're looking at the situation and we'll look for those consumer friendly ways to push on the edges of that now that sounds that doesn't sound like very much (laughs) it sounds like he didn't say anything but that's how the corporate stuff works well right sometimes i gotta let you know how the corporate stuff works and sometimes you gotta let me know because you had a a catchphrase on a recent episode of this. Uh-huh. Do you remember what it was? You had a catchphrase. The people, the people in the comments, picked up on it, 
And once we start going down a corporate road, you hit us with this word. It's a word. Oh, gosh. Are you putting me on the spot? I don't remember. The word was business, Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, you, you like that. You like that more than I thought you would. You're trying to put the... Business.com. You remember yeah. that moment? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a big moment in the history of this show. People, they were out there watching. They were wondering. They're just sitting there watching, waiting for the next big moment in their lives, for an epiphany. And then you, there was a pause in the action, and you just dropped business on everyone. Yeah. So... It's a very important moment in history of the show. People will never forget it. So that's how it works over here. Him saying that is considered significant because he didn't say the opposite. He didn't come out and say, no big deal. Customers can do whatever they want. He said, we're going to find consumer-friendly ways to push on the edges of that. In other words, we're going to try our best to eliminate it without losing customers. <laughs> Slowly, without people noticing. Uh, so if you're one of these people that's sharing your password with a, a number, a lot of people right now and, and, and somehow managing that experience, you, you might at some point in the near future get kicked out or they may put some sort of restriction in place that do, uh, doesn't allow for the number of devices to be logged in. Mm. I know the restriction exists right now for how many devices can stream at the same time, but there are other products out there like PlayStation and others where you can only have a couple of systems logged in and that's it. Right. And after that, you have to remove one of the pieces of hardware before you can add another one. The UFC app works like that as well. Mm. It's, you actually have a certain number of devices that your login can even exist on. Uh, there's no timeline listed here. Netflix doesn't want to lose your business. But increasingly in the land of competitive streaming platforms, it's becoming apparent that it's a showdown. It's going to be it's going to be heavy. You got Disney coming in, Apple yeah. coming in. People are questioning their Netflix subscriptions alongside all their other subscriptions and the shareholders want more from Netflix. They're saying do more because we're worried too about mm -hmm. all these new streaming platforms. And we're holding all the, holding on to all these shares. So it's it's a pressure chamber. It's bubbling. Yeah. And the price is always going to increase. Pressure right? cooker. Instant pot? Business. That's great. We got the new MacBook, and apparently uh, apparently production has begun of the biggest MacBook in a really long time, the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, I've talked about it in the, in the past. I, I used to be a fan in the old days of the 17-inch model. Very few people bought the 17-inch model MacBook Pro, but it was a thing. It did exist, and I, I had a couple versions of it, I think. Uh, we've been stuck with the 15-inch being the biggest MacBook Pro for a really long time at this point. And also, just in general, people have been wondering about an update for two reasons. The display bezels slightly antiquated on the current generation MacBook Pro, and then also the keyboard issues keyboard fiasco that we've also talked about in the past so apparently this 16 inch macbook that has begun production allegedly aims to satisfy those two complaints the display if you look at the image here if you look closely you'll see the bezels have shrunk down substantially uh especially on the sides mm. razor thin now 
So the screen to body ratio, a more modern look, similar to devices uh, like the Huawei MateBook, if you recall, very slim bezel on that. You're looking at almost all display. This render of the potentially uh, the potential upcoming 16-inch MacBook Pro has a similar vibe to it. I believe there was a rumor at one point it could be OLED as well. Time will tell if that's the case or not. Uh, it's going to be getting some new processors, obviously, as well as a 96-watt USB-C power adapter, Coffee Lake H mobile processors, scissor switch mechanism. So they satisfy the other complaint regarding the keyboard. Uh, you're a butterfly guy. We talk about it all the time. Mr. Butterfly is how you like to be referred to. Mm -hmm. There's only one. It hasn't been so good for Apple, this butterfly situation. A lot of people upset. Uh, we, I've had two units fail, keyboards. It, it was ambitious. Could have been a Johnny Ive. Going to reinvent the thing. I love ambitious ideas, low profile, but it had issues. A lot of ambitious ideas have issues. The scissor switch mechanism, on the other hand, well-established, industry-wide. Uh, exists on so many laptops and keyboards for that matter. Tried and tested. So potentially what you're looking at here in the 16-inch in the MacBook Pro is one you can confidently buy not worrying about the, the, the keyboard failures of past, the recalls, and, and so forth, because now you have a scissor switch design, which is more traditional and tested, as I mentioned. Now, apparently... The target volume is 39,000 units, units per month for this, for this computer, and it's going to cost more than $3,000 per unit. Mm. These, are, these are rumors at the moment, but that's a hefty price tag. That's a premium, particularly if that's a starting price or an average price. That's a big price mm -hmm. for a MacBook Pro. But some people are going to want it. It's the biggest MacBook Pro. It's going to probably be the most advanced. You have all these video editors working off MacBooks now. We have so many... How many MacBook Pros in this studio? Three. Three. Well, I still have mine. Four. Yeah. Right. So you guys are all using them. You can imagine people wanting to upgrade to the latest. The sources, by the way, uh, a, a Taiwanese assembly partner, Quanta Computer, which that's uh, apparently the partner responsible for the assembly of these upcoming laptops. That's why the the leak suggests the production has already begun. So that seems like a legit source. The potential to be launched by the end of October or very early November. That's soon. Well, that's in like two days. Mm. That's just a throwback from the recent episode where yeah. I said Stadia was two days. You see, I'm just going back. I'm just drawing the through line for people. Yeah. Because this show is a through line. I don't know what it is yet. Mm. Something there. A thread. <laughs> Oh, and also images appeared in Catalina, the latest Mac OS of this upcoming MacBook. So it looks like they're getting really ready for it. By the way, Kirk upgraded to Catalina, busted his his video output uh -oh. on all monitors. So maybe ease up on the Catalina install if you're a Mac user. Also, DJs are, are very upset. Mm. I saw a couple articles on the fact that it broke all of iTunes, indexes, people uh -oh. who use Serato. All their track lists are dead. There's not going to be uh, iTunes. Yeah, iTunes is dead. Yeah. They don't know what to do. It's a huge, huge issue. Oh. 
A lot of mega producers are going on Twitter warning people, do not upgrade. There's going to be a lot of MacBooks out there in the universe just sticking to old software right. so that they still still work. I wonder if Apple considered that and they were okay with it. It's a That's a curious one. Uh, Tesla. Remember the Roadster, Will? That was a cool, that's a cool looking thing, the Tesla Roadster. Mm. Yeah, it seems like a while ago now that Elon had the event, zoomed it out there. It's so cool looking, that car, the Tesla Roadster. It's going to be impossibly fast, obviously. It's back in the news right now because apparently it's evolving into something better than the prototype in every single way. That's a quote from... Who's that quote from? Fra Franz von Holz Holzhausen. If you had a name oh. like that, you better work in cars. Yeah. You better work in automotive if your name is Franz von Holzhausen. You just, you're just, you were born to create fast cars. If that's, if that's your name. Don't you agree, Will? It's a very solid name. I mean. Just very industrious. I mean. You know. You say, sometimes. You get a name like that, and you just travel down a path in life, and you don't even know how you don't even know why. Is that him right here? That's Franz. <laughs> Von Holzhausen. No, I don't know if that's him or not, but great name nonetheless. He was recently being interviewed, and he confirmed that the vehicle is evolving into something different. He was on a podcast. Mm. He says. It is evolving, deservedly so, and it needs more time. Mm. It will be even better than what we unveiled in every way. That is loud. Imagine putting that part in the end. You're doing this interview, you're on this podcast, you say all that, and then you say, in every way. Mm. Woo! Shivery. Every way. Mm. Anyway, so that's kind of what you have to say at this point. The vehicle's so far out, you can't stop working on it. But it's interesting because the specs they put out in the first place were so bananas. That's the official term in the automotive segment. Actually, for Elon, it's plaid or ludicrous, things like that. For me, it's just bananas. 1.9 seconds, 0 to 60, 620 miles of range. It was already bananas. He was talking about a, Space S, a SpaceX package that would include cold air thrusters. And he wasn't joking. People, Some people say he wasn't joking. So it's already in banana land to begin with. And, and then you say it's evolving and it's better already in every single way. You get people fired up. You get people excited, Will. That's how it works. And it's also very attractive looking. Easy, Will. <laughs> it's really, really nice. Uh, so slick. Yeah. Keep your pants on, Will. <laughs> no, they're already down. <laughs> yeah, it looks amazing. It's got this spec sheet. And you know they're going to be improving it, obviously. Originally, Musk had been talking about launching the new Roadster in 2020, but recently he tempered his expectations, mm. saying it's not a priority. That's unfortunate. Right. But it's a, you have to understand, it's so expensive, and it's, it's such a, a small volume thing for them as a company. Mm -hmm. How much focus can you really put on it when you're trying to pump out the real volume product that can, can put you on the map in a different way? That said, there's something in the car industry called the halo effect, Will, which is the, the reason all those brands are running those F1 cars and stuff, those race cars. Um, 
Ferrari and McLaren or even the other Indy series, Honda, it, it, it provides this kind of uh, fringe, high level. Look, our engineers are capable of this, so our consumer products must be cool too, mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. You want to know that the brand of car you buy is is some sort of an engineering achievement. Yeah. And so having these these halo cars at the top of the spectrum wearing that badge gives people confidence all the way down right. the product lineup. Kind of like a flagship phone. Willie do. In a way, right? You know. Willie do. Um, You're on fire today. What'd you do today? Nothing. Uh, What'd you do today? Nothing special. Nothing unusual. No. You're just feeling good. Yeah. I love to hear it. The Vatican put out a gadget. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't expect me to do. You didn't expect that. Vatican announces wearable e-rosary smart device and app for guided prayer. Click to prayer e-rosary, a device targeted at young people as a tool to educate. Pray about praying the rosary. You see that wearable right there? That's wearable techno technology with God involved. You didn't you didn't expect it. Click to pray. You didn't expect it. Why not? Well, everything else is wearable gadgets. Why can't I didn't it <laughs> the crazy part about this story to me was the fact that the Vatican can announce and release products. I didn't even know that was possible. Mm. So I'm reading this. The Vatican announced Tuesday it launched a wearable smart device. <laughs> is the Vatican publicly traded? I, <laughs> no, they're not. But it's just, it's, it's a weird concept that the Vatican releases products. But yeah. I guess anyone can release a product. So can the Vatican. That's mm -hmm. cool. Uh, the Click to Prayer e-rosary is a device targeted to young people as a tool to educate about praying the rosary, according to the Vatican News. Vatican News is the official uh, source for... <laughs> Vatican News. <laughs> They're official. The Vatican Vatican News is the official public-facing aspect of the Vatican. It's their official communication channel, mm -hmm. as NBC News states. A wearable device in the shape of a cross, it syncs to a free app and tracks a user's progress. And the device is activated by making the sign of the cross. Huh. Yeah! That's come. That's cool tech. So there's like a accelerometer. That's cool uh, tech. Will you hit you hit the sign of the cross, and the app track starts tracking the prayer, and then you get your you get your prayer specs. You guys are laughing, man. It's kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> I just think of it like kind of like a Fitbit in a way. It's a Fitbit. It's you know? a Fitbit for your faith. It's a faith bit. Right? <laughs> Am I right? I don't know. Whatever. Tech, tech can go. Tech can and will go everywhere. Obviously, this is proof about it. It seems to me that Acer is the company building it. It's uh, listed for sale at Acer's Italian website for 110 bucks. Maybe I should order it. Do you think I can import this yeah, from Italy? It would be interesting to look at. Uh Click to Prayer e-Rosary is a project under the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, a network focused on mobilizing Catholics through prayer. The thing itself, the cross itself, you can wear it on a on your wrist or on a necklace, apparently. 
and and then each one of those becomes the beads, the rosary right. beads. What did you just highlight? I'm just, uh, they also made an app called JC Go. Yeah. Which uh, is kind of like Pokemon Go. It lets players <laughs> catch saints or Bible characters. Wow. That's, uh, wow. What a time to be alive, Will. You didn't, you wouldn't imagine this ever happening. But there it is. Your very first Vatican wearable could be the first of many. They could be having, you could have the Pope doing events like Tim Cook launching the latest, the hot new one <laughs> every year. V2. Yeah. The S model. The Rosary Pro. Yeah. With the camera built into it. Okay. So that's interesting enough. But how about this one? Vatican's wearable rosary uh, gets fixed for app flaw, allowing easy hacks. <laughs> <laughs> a day after. The day after. No, I don't know if it's the day after, but <laughs> it got hacked already. Oh, no. It got hacked already, Kirk. It got hacked already. So uh, is, that, is, is that the devil responsible for that? <laughs> is that how? You're going to get smited. Is that how that works? I don't know. On one hand, you have you have both sides of the coin, right? Yeah. I, I bet you whoever hacked it or, well, let's, let's just check this out, okay? <laughs> let's just check this out. Right. The Vatican discovered Thursday after a security research disclosed a severe vulnerability in the click-to-pray e-rosary. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I kind of feel bad. Because you get in the game, it's very exciting. You're you're modernizing. You're the youth. You're all excited, and then of course, the hack. So it's just a it's just a security researcher. So I, I assume it, too, not too many people were hurt by it. But apparently, the flaw was found in the app within 15 minutes, and the vulnerability would have let a hacker take over a person's account just by knowing the potential victim's registered email address. Okay, not good. So the Vatican's on the case. They're going to try to fix it up, I guess. But that's unfortunate news. Your very first wearable mm. device. And uh, and you got some issues there. But I'm telling you, Will, the lesson here, just when you think tech has gone everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. It's still got places to go. Yeah. Unexpected places for tech to go. It's really interesting. I I, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, maybe I got to get it. Check it out. See what it's all about. Pope's first product. Po Pope's first tech product. Yeah. It's got a nice... I wonder how involved he was in, the, in it. Do you think people were showing him prototypes? You think he's wearing it? He's the CEO of the Vatican. Hmm. I, I'm saying. I think he was looking at the prototypes. It's all very interesting. But this next story is even more wild. Artificial skin creates first ticklish devices. Mm. <laughs> A new interface developed by researchers in Bristol and Paris takes touch technology to the next level. All right. Researchers adopted a bio-driven approach to developing a multi-layer silicone membrane that mimics the layers present in human skin. Made up of a textured layer and electrode layer, it can actually feel conductive threads. 
hypodermis. Mm. It can detect interactions such as tickling, caressing, even twisting and pinching. You're sick, man, Will. You're sick, man. You need help. You need an e-rosary in your life. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I mean, this is, uh, go on, the, Will. Go on, the, Will. The skin tone really, uh, really close. Yeah. It's not like, uh, a different color. It's pretty close. They, there's a video. Okay. You can watch the video. Super disturbing. Uh, you, yeah, you can hit play on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. You have the same video there. Okay. Perfect. You are squeezing <laughs> this skin stuff, caressing. She's caressing in the video. And it's interacting, again, as an input method for the smartphone, laptop, stroke, uh, tickle. Look at that. And it's bouncy and it's firm like skin. And, and, it, and it just looks like skin. And it's got some dry spots as well. <laughs> it needs to be moisturized. <laughs> and they're claiming this is the future interaction method because of how uh, uh, dynamic the number of inputs are. So at first, let's say you have gestures when you had touch screens. Now it's beyond gestures because there's the amount of touch, pressure, and stroke and feel they're saying it's going to give you so much more control but what are you controlling why will i think is this i think neither something like i think neither you or i want to say why will yeah in a show like this oh look at her she's like really but i will just say if you will if you're willing to go with me here for a second on a bit of a roller coaster here i don't know just go with me for a second Let's say it's completely a pure, pure agenda, 100% pure agenda. Oh, why are they pin they're pinching the girls' stuff? Now. And there's a face on the laptop. They were pinching the girls the for. They were pinching the girls' mad. face, and then the face was, "Hey, man, look, Jeez. go with me on this roller coaster for one minute." Well, I had this device for audio production. It was called the Seaboard, and the Rolly Seaboard, and it. It took the idea of a traditional keyboard input and it gave you these soft touch velocity sensitive keys essentially, which had way more expressiveness available to you because all of a sudden now you could do bends and and you could manipulate the keys in such a fashion that just wouldn't be you wouldn't be capable of with a typical keyboard, MIDI keyboard or otherwise. And there's amazing demos right. you can watch online of how it's people... It's not uh, binary, kind of. It's more like analog. There's, like, different ways Yeah, there's a lot of nuance to it. And therefore, it works better for controlling other electronic instruments that aren't keyboards. Things like strings and guitars, where your expression would be different. Mm -hmm. And it's all very soft and weird when you first interact with it. But then it can also really op open your mind up to potential of mm -hmm. approaching instrumentation differently. So if you go with me on this roller coaster for a minute and you take your head away from where it was going, yeah, maybe once you unlock these different input methods, these more versatile or 
nuanced input methods, you can approach some different software that you can't even imagine right now. And maybe that's why they're showing this off mm -hmm. as, as a potential so that software developers can go and think about implementations we can't even imagine right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to positive route here. Yes, but it's just skin. Like, why is it skin? I mean, the Rolly Seaboard is black. It's it's. Oh, matte. you mean the color? And the texture. Like, it's wrinkly like skin. Well, because what they're saying, Will, is that skin, their pitch is that skin is really advanced as a touch input method. They're saying skin has more capability than a trackpad or a touchpad or a touchscreen. Skin is the original touch. Right. Uh, your ability to discern nuance on your skin is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I can, you could, I poke you with this thing and be like, oh, I know what that is. A mm -hmm. little SIM card tool. Mm -hmm. You feel sandpaper. You know what it is immediately. Your, your, your sense of touch is actually quite sophisticated. You just forget it because you're, you're not out there thinking about it. Right. But it's, it's, it's the other person that's actually feeling it. But this thing is like artificial. You know what I mean? If, if you're poking me with like a needle. Yes. Like I would but what they're saying is on the software and it knows the difference. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mimicking skin on the other end allows the software to take the nuance of the input and translate that into a digital signal. So also like the ridges of the skin would provide some sort of like more accuracy. Exactly. Right? I see. So I imagine, yeah. I don't know, some futuristic version of Photoshop or something where all these little minor movements had, I don't know, I don't know about Photoshop. I'm just... Yeah. But you're right. By them making it the color of skin and playing up the skin element, it, it, it takes you down a creepy path but you don't have to go there we can go where we want to go that's the beauty of this show we can go where we want to go and i'm going the way i went when we took the roller coaster and i'm sticking to it all right because that's the way for now at least we'll see we'll see what happens i know what they're gonna do. i know what they're gonna do <laughs> the internet does what the internet do right willie do it is impressive though there you go let's just say all that. right there you go the longest record Commercial flight just took place. Qantas completes record 19-hour flight to test the limits of air travel, New York to Sydney. And they did the trip to study the health effects of everyone on board. Mm. Isn't that interesting? It didn't even cross my mind. I just assumed, oh, you can do it. You can hit this new level with the 787. Of course you're going to just do it. But you got to test it out because maybe people go crazy at a certain... maybe. After 17 hours or 18 hours, at some point in there, it's just too much. Yeah. The body. It's just crazy town. Yeah, or the or the, or the the jet lag, uh, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Gets worse. Uh, Qantas just broke a record for air travel, and it may have helped science in the process. They went New York to Cindy. Sydney. Jeez. New York to Cindy. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They went New York to Sydney as part of a project researching the effects of very long flights, 19 hours and 16 minutes. The study measured pilots' brain waves, melatonin, overall alertness, and then passengers 
uh, were gauging the effectiveness of anti-jet lag me uh, measures like changes to the cabin lighting and meals. Travelers even participated in exercises to keep their bodies limber. Uh, that's a long time. I don't know what the longest flight I've ever been on. Probably Dubai? Where, where, for, Taiwan? I think, I think my flight to Dubai was the longest I've ever been, been on. But you can check. You can check that out for yourself. But I think that's like 14 and a half or 15. Oh, no. That's only 13. Air Canada right there, nonstop. Oh, no. Wait a sec. I took Emirates. Yeah, same. 12 hours, 55 minutes. Maybe that Hong Kong is longer. Give me the Hong Kong, Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's Oh, tough. 15, 16. Cathay Pacific, we took. 15 hours, 45 minutes, nonstop. Okay, so we, got, we did close to 16, but there's a, from 16 to 19 is a jump, isn't it? Still. No? Kirk can do it. Kirk's stretching. He's living. He's stretching. Uh... Here's the, here's the catch, though. In order to save fuel, they had to fly with only 49 passengers mm. and crew. Because of a weight thing? On a 787. Oh. Because you can only fit so much. Like, your, your fuel consumption is relative to the weight of the overall, the overall thing. The 787 can hold 280 passengers and... As you know, well, if you're flying that far, you want to pack that baby, mm -hmm. get your get get your money back. You know why? <laughs> why would you want to? Why would you want to pack the airplane full? Business. Hey! <laughs> <clears throat> wow. Are you right there? Willie, dude, you brought something today. Uh. I don't know. You woke up. Yeah. You you went for a jog. You, you brought the Pixel Three. Otis was nice to to you today. You drank yes. you drank the iced tea. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm doing all right. Not not too bad. You're a guy. You're a guy. I, I think it's the autumn weather. You're a guy living a life. Oh yeah. That's the best thing about you. Yeah. In 2019. So anyhow, they got to get it up to they got to improve the the passenger count to make it economically viable. Otherwise, these are going to be very expensive tickets. But maybe that's fine too. People pay the premium for the direct because typically you want to go to Sydney. You're going to be stopping, mm. and some 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 people might pay that premium to be on an, a semi-empty plane uh, heading there direct and saving a few hours in a stopover, a layover. Or so forth. Uh, they're going to be testing more flights. Two more flights coming. They're calling it Project Sunrise. Uh, London to Sydney, due in November. New York to Sydney, round two, also in December. And a decision on the initiative is expected before the end of 2019. So they're going to look at the health effects on the pilots and the passengers. If everybody's cool and it all worked out, then they might start running these things as actual flights. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, 19 hours, 16 minutes. That's going to be a rough one, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, 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 Kirk says no problem. Like, economy would be pretty bad. Kirk says no problem. 
I for me, maybe I'm a antsy. Maybe yeah. I need to. Yeah, well, that's what people are doing now. I, I, I would, yeah. Look, look. It's not perfect. Either way, you slice it. You got to get really far on the planet. You got to basically go across the whole planet, halfway across the planet, which is, that's Australia for you. So presumably, if you're making that trip, you wouldn't want to be commuting. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be doing it frequently anyhow. And from my understanding, Australia is pretty cool, so... I guess you get the bonus at the end of it. You get there. What do you do? You go to Brisbane. Uh, you go. You don't go to Brisbane. Kirk goes to... I don't know where you go. You land in Sydney. Maybe that's good enough. Yeah, you just chill in Maybe Sydney. that's good enough. But I thought you want to go to the beach as well. So you got to go up the coast. You got to go to the Gold Coast and all that stuff. Mm. I thought that's what you want to do. I don't know what you want to do with your life. Maybe you want to go... Maybe you want to land in Sydney, go straight to a coffee shop, and hang out for a week. I don't know what you want to do. Mm. Uh, that's what I would do. That's all you do? Well, that's rude. Kirk says he's going to go to New Zealand instead. <laughs> I feel like you still got to fly to Australia first, yeah. probably, or stop somewhere else. Anyhow, there you have it. It's a show. It's a wrap. Willie Do is on fire today. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate it in general. I'm bringing the appreciation. Mm. I'm putting it forward. Uh we this wouldn't have been a show without you thank today. you i appreciate everyone here and all the fans the audience it's about time <laughs>